this is Thirsty, and we are back with another episode of Raging Nerds, where we'll rage all over your eardrums. I am joined by two people this week. What? I am joined by, of course, my lovely co-host, John. And we are also joined by a special guest, Jay, from Ultra Dolphin Revolution. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, but hey, guys, what have you been up to? What's going on? Oh, I'm still decompressing from Comic Palooza. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I had a rough weekend there. I just I'm I'm ready for this weekend so I can decompress from that weekend. <laughs> I had a fun time with Comic Palooza. I wasn't there. I sat home and played video games. Man, see, we need to do what Jay's doing. <laughs> oh, no, no. See, this is why I love it. go there, act a fool, run around. It was great. See, I, I really wanted to stay at the convention center, like actually stay at the Hilton or stay at the other. I, re- I really want to do that, even though you have to pay the money. That's what I love. But Palooza was great. Another great convention I want to talk about real quick is Classic Game Fest. Oh, yes. Classic Game Fest. Yes. Um, as you may have known, if you listen to any of our other episodes, we will be covering it with their podcast program. And we're super excited. They're going to have great people there. It's, it's going to be lots of fun. But here is an audio commercial that they sent for us to play. We're going to go there. We're going to cover some great events. We're going to try to get some interviews for you guys, take pictures. John is going to be the crazy guy that he is and get famous people pictures and not pay anything. He does it somehow. Don't know how. We still need to post those sound clips from Comic Palooza Man. Uh, well, I did include them in the previous episode that we did from the show. What? Look at you. Yes. Look at you. Yes. I, I, I thought ahead. <laughs> I thought ahead. <laughs> Our theme this week is indie games, and that's why we have Jay. Uh, He is a programmer and game designer, so we are going to go around the net. And now we go around the net. Um, So for around the net, I have some top indie games that most of you might have at least heard of, maybe even played. (laughs) The first one is going to be Cuphead. Everyone's at least seen Cuphead by now. It's one of the more infamous indie games, if you want to call it that. It's inspired by cartoons of the 1930s. Cuphead has players fighting a series of bosses in order to reach the final boss, which is the devil. I personally played this. I got it when it first came out. I kept hearing how great it was. It was 20 bucks. It was available on PC. And it was available to download on Xbox. Now they have physical copies of it and I need to get one. But it's really cute. They have like the 1930s music, the whole design, like the cartoon, like Betty Bob looking stuff. But the whole thing is that you get in debt with the devil. And you have to go around and fight these bosses in order to fight the devil. Because you need to get your souls back. Hmm. So it's like a very weird game of... What was the Nintendo game that had a... Contra? Yeah, I guess it could be Contra. There's another one that was on the Wii that you had to buy a house, but you had to be in debt to the guy. Then you had to pay, do collect shells and 
pay him back. I just can't remember who it is, but oh well. I Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but Cuphead's a really great game. You can get it on Xbox. Uh, you can get a physical copy of Xbox now. Um, you can get it on the PC, and I think that it might just be on those couple of platforms. I think, is it a Microsoft exclusive for the time being? It might be a Microsoft exclusive. You are right, yes. Okay, so the next one that we have is The Binding of Isaac. Um, I knew that this was like an insanely popular indie game um, a year or so ago. It's featuring a roguelike gameplay. The Binding of Isaac follows the story of Isaac's mother hearing the voice of God, who demands a sacrifice be made to prove her faith. I mean, that's that's creepy right there. As I was like, man, I knew that game was weird looking, but geez. Hearing this, Isaac escapes into the basement where he faces deranged enemies, lost brothers and sisters, his fears, and eventually his mother. Wow. Right? My favorite my favorite game about Infocide. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that's a, I think that's a word. It is. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But no, I mean, isn't that crazy? And I'm kind of like, what do you mean you're lost brothers and sisters? Like, what is your mom doing in this house? Is your, like, mom have, like running an abortion clinic? Like, what's going on, y'all? Like, it's oh, super, God. It's, it's super <laughs> creepy. And if you ever see the visuals of this game, it looks demented. Oh, yeah. I might have to check these out because... Dude, all these all these indie games you should really check out. I have, I believe I have this one on New 3DS, and it's also on Switch, I believe. Oh wow, that's awesome! Yeah, cool. Another um, console I, I need to get. <laughs> we, I I need to get the Switch. It, I mean, it's gone down in price, and it's been out for a couple years. So I really do need to get one. Um, the next one we have is Stardew Valley. Now, this one I've been to GameStop. They usually have this in the clearance bin. It's really cheap to buy. So the player takes on the role of a character who, to get away from the hustle of an office life, takes over their grandmother's farm. Here you must manage the character's time and energy to clear land, plant and tin crops, raise livestock, and engage in social activities in order to expand your farm. So it's like Farmville. For yeah. yeah. Harvest Moon. Uh. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, no, it's like a Harvest Moon and stuff too, yeah. Sim Farm. Pretty much. I mean, I, like every time, every time I go to GameStop, like, John knows this. Like, I'm a huge GameStop fan. Yes, um, you are. <laughs> I am. I do. They have so much cool stuff there. Like, I'm all about that, like, game swag. And I'm, like, a total loser. And they always give me coupons because they know that I love a good deal. <laughs> Personally, I prefer game over video games. Wink. Wink, oh. wink. I wink, love, wink. I love game over video games. I really do. Game Over Video Games, they have a great collection of retro games, and I love going there for that. But GameStop, it has more actual game merchandise, like yeah, yeah, like, since- like cups, stuff like that. But that is because Think Geek bought into them. Think Geek, st- Think Geek and GameStop got bought out, right? For one right. year. Yeah, Think, Think Geek bought into GameStop because GameStop was going under for a couple years, and then they majorly invested into them. But see, that's a great thing about it, because I can go on you know, Think Geek... And then go into a GameStop, and they have the same product on clearance in GameStop because they're not selling it. And I'm like, what? What? <laughs> um, but yeah, just go into GameStop. You can get it for, it was like on sale for a couple bucks. Goodbye. Um, now, Life is Strange, y'all. Okay. I love Life is Strange. I just bought the prequel for it. Haven't opened it because I'm an adult and my life sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like one day I'm gonna be an adult, and make money, so I can do all the video games in the world. I become an adult, I get the money, 
I have no time to play all the video games in the world. Adulting's a lie. Yes, it's a trap. It's a trap, y'all. Don't grow up. I tell my, I tell my kid that every day. Do not grow up. You are perfect the way you are. <laughs> Your um, life is disappointing when you get older. <laughs> see, I'm I'm done with the trial issue of adulthood. Yeah. I like to cancel my subscription right now. <laughs> is there a manager I can talk to? <laughs> get your manager hair out. Just like get the little bang thing going on. <laughs> Give me, give me time, manager. give me time. <laughs> uh, so Life is Strange. Uh, the game plot focuses on Max Caulfield, an 18-year-old photographer uh, student. An 18-year-old photography student who discovers that she has the ability to rewind time while saving her best friend. The pair soon learn, however, that changing the past can sometimes lead to devastating futures. Um, it's really neat. So the whole game, I'm not trying to like spoiler or anything, but the whole game starts when she sees her ex-best friend, a friend that she did know, something like that, she was about to get shot by someone in the bathroom. And she realized when this incident was happening that she could somehow rewind time by focusing. And so the whole game starts by you rewinding time, you stopping the girl from getting shot, and it just, like, escalates from there. Because by her stopping that, it caused series of events where stuff was happening to other people. Her friend was trying to get killed again by a different force. It's a really, really good game. And there's so many different endings. That's what's great about it. You could go a certain way, unlock certain features. I mean, at the very end of the game, it tells you all the things that you unlocked, all the things that you didn't. You could replay it over and over again. So it's a really good game to pick up. I, I really suggest it. I played mine on the Xbox. They usually do like free test trials for it for a couple weeks, a couple days, something like that. Have you guys played it? No. <laughs> I've heard of it. You need to play it. You need to play it. Sony makes it. At least I bought my, I bought the prequel from Sony. So I'm guessing it has to be on the PlayStation as well. So PlayStation, Xbox, might be on the PC. Look it up. Little Nightmares. Now this game, I personally have not played but it looks hella creepy. The visuals of the game, it looks very demented. The characters in it are very intimidating, large. It's a very like thrill-seeking horror video game. Little Nightmares is a dark, whimsical tale that confronts all your childhood fears. You play as Six, a hungry nine-year-old girl who is trapped in a dollhouse inhabited by corrupted souls looking for their next meal. Ooh, zombies. Creepy. No, and it's not even zombies. It's super creepy because you're like this little creature and everything else is huge and bigger and so you try to run away from these creatures and it's definitely like a very like ah like rush game okay <laughs> john you're so talkative this episode man i'm sorry it's just one of these things hey, where it's like hey hey who picked this topic john i know i <laughs> john know picked this topic <laughs> So well, we all- you know, it's just it's just one of those wonderful things. Like everybody loves indie games. I've tried to play them, and unfortunately, adulthood gets in the way. And I look at adulthood right now, and I'm like, I want to punch it in the throat. But yes, <laughs> um, the last indie game I played was Five Nights at Freddy's. Does that count? It is. No, actually, that is an indie video game, so it does count. Oh. Um, I know that that's really popular with kids nowadays. Um, it looks really creepy, though. I don't know why children play it. Is it, like, kid-friendly? Nope. Uh, uh, let's see. Well, I mean, <laughs> on the surface, yeah, but it's like uh, the lore itself is 
really disturbing. That's crazy. Parents let their kids play anything nowadays. That's I've seen, crazy. I've seen parents let their kids watch Game of Thrones and uh, Game of Thrones a bit full, so. <gasps> oh my god. So. Oh my god. Someone called the law. <laughs> There is like, no, I I have to close my own eyes watching that sometimes. Uh, one of the girls that did her mom and dad let the young ones watch Game of Thrones too, that and they're b- both under eighteen. Like, why? It's like, granted, it's incest. Cool, I'm I'm old. I can see this. Like, but they're like, you know, 14, 14 mommy, what's 16. That? What's that, mommy? What? Like, what are what those this? men doing, mommy? <laughs> <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? No, best part. What what their brother and sister are doing? No. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I don't know. That opens up a door of, like, so many questions I am not ready to answer. I'm like, go away. No, we're not talking about that today. (laughs) Whatever. I mean, if they're ready to explain it or the kids are smart enough to understand what's going on, more power to them, but... Dude, totally. If that's your prerogative, definitely. Our next one is Slam Rancher. This game was actually free if you had Xbox Gold. In Slam Rancher, you play as Beatrix LeBeau, a young woman who moves to a planet far from Earth so she can attempt to make a living wrangling slimes. What do you want to do when you grow up? Mama, I want to wrangle slimes and I want to own a ranch on a planet. That's exactly what happened in that conversation. Really cute. <laughs> uh, you must help. <laughs> you must help her construct her ranch and explore the environment in order to collect, raise, feed, and breed the slimes. Um, so it's pretty much like I, I've actually played this game again. It was free. Uh, the graphics are really cute. The slimes have little cute faces, and you just have a gun and you suck up all these slimes. It's like Farmville again. Yeah, well, I would say that. But I keep thinking of the Asian character on Futurama where her parents owned a ranch on Amy Mars. Wong? Yes, yeah. Amy Wong, Futurama. Yes, it, no, but I mean it is kind of reminiscent, like the whole like landscape and everything like that. I could totally see that. I saw screen. I've never seen gameplay footage of it. It's really cute though. It's a very cute game. Like I would definitely say, you know, for your kids, for adults, it's a really cute video game. And again, it was free for a while, so definitely check it out. Unravel is our last game. Unravel is super duper duper cute. Unravel follows the adventure of Yarny. It's a small creature made out of red yarn. The player has to navigate through his environment, unlisting and unraveling yarn, which makes up Yarny to solve puzzles, avoid dangerous creatures, and transverse obstacles. So you, I guess, awaken in this house, and when you first are there, you have to travel through this house and your yarn, and you use yourself to, you know, swing from chandeliers, climb down objects, but you can't use too much up of your yarn, or you have to collect more yarn to proceed in the game. There's little hidden gems that you have to pick up, you unlock certain things. If you proceed enough or find enough gems in the game you unlock pictures you continue with the story it's a really really cute game okay <laughs> okay yeah i've heard of the, I've, I've sorry i'm like doing like 20 things at once like with this game i've i've heard of it i have seen it never had a chance to play it <laughs> sorry if the whole list is like never played it never played it heard of it heard of it, never played it. Never played it. Well, the, the list the list for me is 
uh, heard of it. Uh, Binding of Isaac, I have it on Wii U and New 3DS. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stardew Valley, my brother has it on Switch. Haven't got a chance mm-hmm. to play it myself. But Slime Rancher, I think I had a friend watch Markiplier play it, so that's my exposure to it. Mm-hmm. And Life is Strange, Unravel, and yeah, everything else is. I've heard of it, never got a chance to play it. I just saw screenshots on Unravel. It reminded me a bit of uh, Little Big Planet for some reason. Okay. Yeah, it does. I can see that. I can definitely see that. Mostly because of the whole, you know, fabric-like textures and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but that does it for Around the Net, and we're going to go into questions. It's a time for questions. So, what is your favorite indie game? If I say my own, does that, is that cheating? No. No, de- no definitely not. All right, all, right, all, 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 all the ones I made are my favorite. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you like to expand on that or say a couple ones that are like your top tier ones? Okay, um, so I'm going to say my first, my favorite, well, let's say one that I, the one I made and the one I, in any game I actually enjoyed. The one I made is called Shadow Archer. It was my first game. I learned, how, that was the one where I learned how to actually program for a game console. Mm-hmm. It's on Nintendo Wii U. It's coming to, it, I'm, not, I'm not sure I can talk about this, but it's also coming to 3DS as a surprise. Awesome, that's nice. really cool. If anybody hears this podcast before the official announcement, more props to you. um i actually whenever john was talking about you know inviting you onto the podcast i looked up the video game i looked at some information and it looks like a really good video game it reminds me a little bit of legend of zelda the way the the setting the screen plays and how the music sounds and it's really reminiscent of old school you know super nintendo games Uh, yeah i went i was going like going for this old school arcade vibe because yes so fun fact behind this game that Shadow Archer was made as a gift to my back then girlfriend, now fiance. Aww. Yeah. She, Aww. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she liked, the, she <laughs> loves Legend of Zelda, and we were playing Hyrule Warriors, so I thought it'd be kind of cool to make an 8 bit version of Hyrule Warriors, and then mm-hmm. kind of, and her favorite character is Dark Link, so it kind of evolved into this character. We kind of made a character, quote unquote, inspired by Dark Link. <laughs> It looks like a Dark League Elias according to the internet. So no, it does. No, it's a. It looks really nifty, and I love yeah. how pretty much everything you described. It perfectly divines the visuals that I saw. Yeah. So we're trying to make it. I was making an arcade version of Hyrule, uh, Hyrule Warriors, and then we kind of did its own thing. So it became Shadow Archer, and slowly I was. This is my small step into the indie game world. So yeah, it was my first game. It's my first game. Uh, my favorite because probably is my first on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. My my uh, let me see my other game my other favorite indie game was Space Hunted because that one's like a mashup of Donkey Kong and Mario. I think that when we teased amazing. it, we, we when we teased it, it uh, we had a, a Mario amiibo and a Donkey Kong amiibo next to the game. So like it plays, it was inspired by that. It's like mm-hmm. you play as a character named Jade Hunter, totally not Samus Aran or Boba Fett or any other bounty hunter. You know, she's a treasure mm-hmm. hunter, so she's original. And she's stranded on this planet, and she collects these uh, jade stars to well, jade stars to advance to each level. And this game has 128 levels, and it gets progressively harder as you go. I've have wow. people uh, back when Nintendo when Nintendo had the Miiverse, I have reading comments that people were just frustrated with my game, and a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people managed to get to the ending. They loved it, but there was a lot of people just cursing me out. Reviewers were angry at me. I have my friends beta test the game and oh, let's see, beta test the game. Uh, I've got a lot of me. Uh, no, not a lot of nice things said about me, but I love the game. So 
Right. And I mean, I love it when a game is difficult because that just means that I have to play it harder. I get to play it more. And when I do finally progress to the next level, I cherish it so much more. So you, you must really love Cuphead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, okay. So like, I think on one level, we actually did the easy mode. But then we went back and we did it on the regular mode. I really, really love Cuphead. We're stuck at a certain point right now, but we still love the heck out of Cuphead. For one Christmas, I got my boyfriend pretty much just like all Cuphead stuff. I got him Cuphead plushies, ceramic mugs. I got him stickers. He loves it. I got us matching t-shirts. The total nerds. <laughs> all right. Oh, you're one of those couples. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, so, so am I. Um, so am I. Me, my, me, and my fiance have like a giant, well, Nintendo, Zelda, just video game awesome. collection. Now. That is so cool. Uh, that is so she, cool. She has a Zelda shrine. I have a complete Metroid shrine. <laughs> That's awesome. And people Those who are know really me, good games to be obsessed <laughs> over, though. So people and people who know me, I do have I do have a lot of Mario stuff. If you guys know who I am, but I'm trying to keep that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I'm super. I'm super into Mario more than anything. I just because that's what I grew up on as a kid. Um, very 90s kid, Super Nintendo. You know, you had Yoshi's Island. You had oh, Super game. Super Mario Land. Super Mario World um, and Super Nintendo just, was my favorite. Just everything. Just everything. It was amazing. That's what I grew up on. And so as an adult today, anytime I see any kind of Mario memorabilia, I'm like, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> but John, what is your favorite indie video game? Okay, we're going to go in the Wayback Machine with Sherman back to the days of the Palm Pilot. You were talking about that before the episode, yeah. Yeah, it's a very old PDA. There was an adventure game on it called Kyle's Quest. My dad had a Palm Pilot, and I remember playing those <laughs> games on it. Yeah, there you go. Now, just stick that age knife in me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? It's only it, The 90s has only been 10 years ago. Don't correct right, me. Right? Do That's not correct what we say math. every day. It's like, it's only two years ago. <laughs> Do not correct my math, guys. I'm a programmer. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> kind of similar to how Final Fantasy was with Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there are a couple of different game maps that you can load into it. One of the funniest ones that I found on there was called Potty Trek. Interesting. Potty Trek. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing of the game was you run around with that that map of Kyle's quest and figure out which bathroom to use properly in and when you have to go because it's important that was it. you need to know which restroom you yeah. use yeah bathroom etiquette like who's standing <laughs> in what stall and how far away you are and and then if you happen to cross the street not a crosswalk you uh, fight a car <laughs> There were some weird games on the Palm Pilot. Like, they were just super weird, super weird games. They were just really weird. For my favorite indie game, that's hard. I'm going to go with my favorite current indie game, and that's definitely going to be Cuphead. Cuphead, it's, again, the artistry and the illustration of this game is beautiful. The soundtrack is is amazing it's someone put a lot of time and energy into bringing the 1930s back into this video game the bosses there's usually like three or four stages to them it it just makes you want it even more when you don't fail it's really hard to get people into video games and then let them lose and lose and lose over and over again and they still want to play it yeah uh, can i make a um can i add one more thing yeah. yeah, go ahead. 
So yeah, since I since the first, the first two games I and uh, talked about were my own games, my actual game I any game I my favorite indie game that I didn't make was uh, y'all know Shovel Knight, right? Yes, I've heard of it. Yeah, Shovel Knight is pretty much an '80s throwback to like platformers like Mario and Mega Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it has this whole retro pixelated aesthetic where it looks straight up. It looks like a Capcom game. You play as this knight who wields a shovel, and you try to save. You try to save Shield Knight, your friend, and it's it's a really it's a really solid game. It's been not. It's literally on almost everything I can think of at the moment. Oh, and if you get the I think on the Xbox One version, if you uh, Shovel Knight teams up, uh, you can have the Battletoads team up, I believe. That's mm. really cool. I've, I Whenever I was looking up indie video games, I saw Shovel Knight and I was like, oh, that kind of looks interesting. So definitely, it's it's a popular game cell-wise. Yeah, it's one of my, my favorite indie games and I played that I was playing that like right before I became a indie, indie game developer myself, so... I guess my age. Awesome. So I think my one of my '80s inspirations was also drawn from that as well. But well, <laughs> enough about me. That's cool. What exactly makes a game indie? <laughs> oh. oh, me. Um, let me see. What makes a game indie is well, indie game would usually not funded by a big publisher. They're usually you know, fun, either self-funded or crowdfunded, like Kickstarter or Indiegogo. Mm-hmm. So I mean, right now most uh, my games are just funded, but just I have are funded are right on my own pocket pocket as we're building our studio that's so, crazy yeah so what makes a game indie per se is it's not this like a lot of indie games are published by big publishers but mm-hmm. the development the development of the game is usually funded from somewhere else and not from the publisher itself it's usually they did from a lot of really small indie devs aka you know thousands of letters on steam mm-hmm. do it on their own or they get so they get they get uh, funded through you know out of crowdfunding or you know, the normal business thing and get a bank to do it, but they're not, they don't, have, <laughs> but they're not like, you know, how, you know, how triple A games are, they're pretty much having budgets of a cinematic movie and all that. Right. Yeah, that's what really makes a game indie is, yeah. it's usually a small, a smaller team, their hearts, sweat and tears into it. I can definitely see that oh, with a lot of indie games, especially the ones that I've played lately the my favorite games are indie games and these games there's depth to them there's more depth than normal video games have and i think it's because most video games um you know their sequels or their prequels or people are expecting it to come out there's standards there's pressure there's deadlines but with indie video games, it's more like, this is my baby, we're going to take our time, you know, we're going to work out all the kinks, there's not going to be any bugs when it goes out, because we're going to do everything ourselves, and there's a lot more attention and love that go into these games. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's a lot of, oh, dang, now I'm starting, now, there's like a lot, of, a lot of indie games on the Switch I want to mention, but I can't think of their names right now, but they <laughs> do example, they do exemplify that, Exemplify what you said. It's more, it, it, it's more like as their baby instead of like how a triple like a lot of triple A game developers developers. Uh, we have a deadline to meet. We had to make the twelfth sequel to some franchise we created a year ago, mm-hmm. and then riddle it with DLC. Well, indies usually like you get a lot for from a small little package, and also a lot of indie a lot of indie games are you know. Uh, let me see. Let's uh, have have these little small niche fan bases, which is nice, and you know you can see the. Any games have like a better community, in my opinion, because no, I could I could definitely agree with that. I mean, 
you can tell the difference when it's like a corporation making a video game and then an indie indie group making a video game. You can really tell by just the feel of it. Like each video game has different feels for sure. Oh yeah. But John, yeah. what do you have your take on it? Ooh. He really did. He he went over everything very That's well. I think he pretty much answered all the stuff that I was thinking. That was just the indie guy can answer any question. What? <laughs> um, for our next question, if you could hire someone to make an indie game based on one of your ideas, what would the game be about, John? I'm all ears. I'm all ears, people. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, okay. John. My turn. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is uh, probably just running around the convention trying to get all the stuff and try to avoid all of the problems that happen at inevitably at a con. See, John has been talking about this forever, and I told him, first he wanted to make it a board game, and I'm like, dude, I am down, let's do this. But then he's like, maybe we could actually make it into a video game, And but continue with your idea, it's a really good idea that you've been talking about for a while. Well, it's kind of like the, I'm going to do a shout out to the guys who created Nerdfest, the comic convention game. Because that was actually one of the ideas I was thinking about. Like, oh, I'm just going to pull some little samplings from here and there. But, you know, different characters where you'll have to be the the crazy stalker <laughs> that's in, they can play one of those characters, or, you know, the podcaster, or the fanboy, and then there's a couple others. As you can tell, I really, really no, 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 he right has. Now. He's all like, <laughs> there would be, um, like self-care things like a stick of deodorant and like you would have to like clean yourself properly and then you'd have to like go through bronies and my little pony fans and there would just be like all these clusters of groups and organizations that you see at conventions and so he has put a lot of thought into this and it's really funny the way he describes it funny you should mention that i had this idea similar years ago where I, i had this project called conquest so it was like an RPG, and every cha- be amazing. Every like okay. every part chapter takes place at a different convention. I'm, I'm like was wondering if I should resurrect resurrect this project, but you start off as this um, person who's new to conventions, and you're like you know each at each cosplay you become a cosplayer. Each cosplay is like a different set of armor for you, and you like interact with people and they join your party. And I was that trying. That is to, so cool. And I was like, I was like throwing like quote-unquote famous cosplayers in there. Just, well, I know these two brothers that dress up as the Mario brothers, and every time they jump, they make sound effects, but we're trying to throw them in there. That's cute. I know those guys. I think they're annoying. Anyway. Yeah, I've seen them a few times. <laughs> I think they're annoying. <laughs> I would have put that on record now. <laughs> those guys who dress up as the Mario brothers at conventions are annoying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's also other things. Well, if we do something like that, and... To have something that's in your arsenal of so you can yes, escape the battle yes. would be the axe body spray bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, he has put a lot of thought into this, y'all. But, dude, definitely, you you and John should definitely, like, talk this up and think well, of something. I mean, yeah. I mean, we want, we can work just that, we can work this out, because I've always had this idea, but never really had anyone to bounce off. Well, I have people to bounce off of it, but I have all these other projects oh, yeah. floating around, so I was like, if anybody form a team, and we can go from there. I mean, also, I thought about this as a deck-building game as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I also thought it as a deck-building game, you have, like, kind of like a parody of Yu-Gi-Oh! Where you have, like, each archetype I got that, of, yeah, no, that's cool, that sounds really nifty. Yeah. Yeah, fanboy, yeah, fan like, fanboy, newcomer, right. normie, and there was, like, other stuff, like, uh... 
forget. There was. If I had my documentation, I'd probably read it. But. No, <laughs> no, there's like a lot I'd of. Co- totally be down with buying an RPG game about this conquest. That's awesome. Well, that would be interesting. Yeah, I probably should do. I probably should work on that. It was Mario Brothers guys are thing. I'm just joking. Please don't, 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 don't spam me. Um. If I had someone make a game for me and it was an indie game, it would probably be like the sad real life of a video game player and it would follow like a boy who's so into video games and it follows his mundane life and how he escapes to video games to be happy and it would just like go through his life and just it would be real and raw and it would leave you like emotionally scarred so when the camera's off of a let's player yes exactly and it would make you think i if i ever did an indie game or like was into that i would definitely want a video game that made you think and then go huh you know leave a mark on you because there's video games that just they leave a mark with you that oh, you'll yeah. never forget. Okay. Apparently, there's one that came out on Xbox that was like that, where it wasn't video game based, but it was like a really sad drama that happened to your character where you see your kid and all this, and then you go to sleep, some breaks in the house, kills your wife, kills your kid, and then you're trying to go, and every bad thing that can happen to you. That's crazy. Have you guys, off topic, but have you guys played the game Detroit yet on the PlayStation? I only have a PS3. Okay, have you? do you guys know what um, I'm talking um, about, Detroit, though? Yes. I, I've heard of it. My my PS, um, at least my fiance's PlayStation is just a Final Fantasy, Exa- dude, Final I, Fantasy I machine at the moment. I agree That is what it's made for. <laughs> um, but Detroit... And Kingdom Detroit Hearts 3, if it comes It's out. an amazing video game. Um, there's an AI, and you're the AI. And there's a man who's abusing his family. As an AI, you can't attack people, you can't hurt people, but you realize something is wrong and something's going to happen. And so what you have to do, it's one of those quick game decision makers where you have to make, you know, decisions like that. You decide what you do. Do you defend this little girl that's getting beaten by her dad? Do you defend the family? Do you protect people? And it it happens all in this family home in this suburb in, you know, Detroit. And it's really crazy. That is, that is deep. deep. It's a really been coming out with such mind boggling games that make you think like not just like oh this is fun this is yeah mind distracting whatever they're making video games that are political that you can identify with and it's amazing that they're making games like this because hmm, that's a lot time. more than what the, i saw in the trailer of it yeah no, no, that was like all in the trailer. i saw a little yeah. snippet of a trailer <laughs> whatever uh but jay what would you do if you had like you know all the funds in the world and you can make your own video game Ooh, okay. If I had all the funds in the world, let me see. Um, actually, I have a secret project I can't I'll ever I discuss okay. that I'm <laughs> kicking around next year or so. Um, let me see. I got another one. One I wanted. Remember, I had this idea. I wanted to do like a okay. 3D platformer in the uh, like in the mm-hmm. style of Super Mario before, where you play. Oh, well, you play as this. Actually, I have the documentation right here. Where you play as this one character who's really into uh, movies. It was one day she gets to be in her own movie. She's like an up and coming actress, but she's really really amateur so when she goes she goes to this theater and then suddenly it's suddenly a wizard or something it was a haunted theater and suddenly every movie poster becomes a portal to another movie universe so she kind of jumps in and becomes the protagonist of every movie she jumps into and each and each movie she jumps into uh gives her different powers and she takes those powers with her and brings it and uh, 
and brings it to another movie. And at the end, at the end, the final level is a crossover every movie you went into, being the most ambitious that really crossover cool. that ever. That sounds like a perfect unquote. way to release a chapter video game. Oh yeah, and but each each video game, uh, each movie she jump uh, jumps into is a parody of a movie I want I I enjoyed when I was younger. One was a parody awesome. of Batman, and I was calling it Wombat. One was called Wombat Batman so Returns, and like. <laughs> So her power up is like she punches people and she's just she attacks people with automatopoeia. So she hits people mm-hmm. with ow, so wham, blurp. Just what, the one was called the Matrix. Uh, what was a, par- a Matrix okay. parody called the Ray downloaded. So it's a parody of the Matrix. So you have the power of bullet time and slowing things down <laughs> or plot hole and the power of plot holes. And the one and it was a movie called a parody of Space Jam called Galaxy Jam. So you have that powers awesome. of a basketball player for some reason. Okay. And, but yeah, so I was I was trying to decide what art direction I wanted to go to. So I wanted the game to be like a giant Looney Tunes, Tiny Tunes, homage, and, and Animaniacs homage. So you're like this really cartoony character jumping into other movies. That sounds really cool. That would, that sounds perfect for the theme, though. That sounds awesome. Yeah, so that was, that was like one of my bigger ideas back then. But I shelved it mostly because, well, it was a more ambitious it game. It definitely than I want, does once sound I get ready ambitious. For it, you know? But I think nowadays, chapter games are so popular. I think that would be perfect for a chapter release video game if you ever, you know, get onto that. Because that sounds like it's going to be a lot of graphics, like very, like... Yeah, yeah. Every, yeah, every movie compl- has a completely right. different style, tone. And you can, like, take power-ups from previous movies and throw them in there. And each movie has a reference to another movie. It seems like there's a quest where you find an item from one movie, you bring it to the other movie to unlock another part of that movie. Or the, the post credit scene, as a joke, as I called it. I don't know, it was like, uh, it, it was pretty much a giant... It was also mocking, like, how WB oh, is handling, <laughs> handling the DC Extended Universe. So, yeah, like, there was a... The original draft had like the original draft of this game had like a lot of references. To, yes, uh, yes. y'all watch Batman animated series. Yeah, so when he jumps into the, the Batman parody, it, it looks like Bruce Tim style with a re- references awesome. to Adam West. Jump into the Space Jam one; it's more the model kind of becomes like a realistic 3D model because Michael Jordan mm-hmm. was in there, but everything else was cartoony. And we jump into the Matrix parody, really have nothing cool. but black great. and white. Um, but, yeah. but what would you call your game? Oh, that was, I think I was calling it Jackie Rabbit '64 because it was a that parody of some Mars '64, and and the, the main character the main character was Jackie Rabbit because you're I was couldn't tell I couldn't figure out if I wanted the character to be human or mm-hmm. a rabbit in the style of Bugs Bunny, but yeah, it's Jack and That's it's a Jack cute. Rabbit, so I called it Jackie <laughs> Rabbit. Um, John, what would you call your video game? Comic Con, the survival game. That's awesome. My video <laughs> game. I would probably call it like Third Life or in it or I'd call it um NPC. I'd probably call it NPC. I would call it NPC. That's what I would call it. But cool. the last question that we have is what's the craziest thing you've ever seen in an indie game? I'm not going to be able to answer this one. <laughs> uh, I I can answer that one for myself. Yeah. Um how how close I am to bridging uh, to Touching the line of copyright infringement <laughs> for most of my own games. I think indie gamers, I think they have a lot more leeway because when you're a bigger corporation, they're super stringent and they're like, you. Can, there's no way you can go do that because, I mean, like if Xbox tried to, or Microsoft tried to do anything that Sony's ever done, they'd be like, nah, bitch, you're about to get sued. You know, but if you're an indie gamer <laughs> and, you know, you make a couple thousand off of the video game, they're like, yeah, that's cool. You know, you're, you know, encouraging people reminiscing people about our video game and we love the little guy you know they're they're way more lenient with indie gamers 
craziest things I've seen, uh, seriously, is mostly in like those creepy pasta yes. style video games, you know, or just, yeah. just horror ones. There, a lot of disturbing things I didn't yes. know you can get away with. <laughs> I think um, you guys have heard. You guys heard of Welcome to the Game? No. Heard of it? Okay, never seen it's it. A, okay, it was an intriguing kind of game. I've tried to play it, but my anxiety, but it's really bad for my anxiety. Oh wow! So you play as this. I, I think this. I played the second one. Or seen the uh, played or seen a game of two. The one I get more knowledge one mm-hmm. was Welcome to Game Two, where you're playing this investigative reporter that has to go on the dark web trying to find this person that was kidnapped, and you have like seventy two hours before she gets killed. So you're like going on the dark web and you're doing all these little uh, things trying to hide your IP, jump between Wi Fi networks and all that, like Life of the Hacker kind of thing. Because if you stay on the internet too long, the FBI, I think the the you get the SWAT team will stop you, um, if, or an assassin will come and kill you, or the or this underground this underground cult will kill you. And the craziest and what makes this like, this game crazy is a lot of the all the lot of the dark I websites. I can only are just imagine. Really I really can. I mean, there was one called the Dollmaker. Uh-uh, no, I don't like it already. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, there was like a lot of disturbing things you have to and you have forced to go through these to find the keys. Or the oh, wow. cryptic keys to find the pl- the website to save the person. Wow. So, yeah, that's the most craziest that's thing I've seen in any game. The craziest, I think, the craziest that I've seen is, especially with the click and point games, is like fighting scenes where you can see yourself bashing someone's face in, and they just they just do not care. They're like, it's rated TV, you know, TVMA or whatever. Uh, you're gonna see some shit, and it's crazy how much gore they are willing to put in video well, you know, games. It's kind of the shock value as yeah. they're doing now with you in movies. It, re- it really is. Um, but yeah. that that it rounds it up for questions. Okay. And now we're going to go into how tech and out. How tech can help. Uh, so usually for how tech can help, we bring up articles and we talk about how technology can help our discuss theme. But we have Jay, who is literally a programmer and game designer. So who else better to tell us how technology can help? A better game designer <laughs> slash programmer. So <laughs> I'll try. So, to, I'll um, manage. What technology do you use every single day? What programs are better than the predecessors or things that you have tried? Okay. Um. Well, that's the thing. It's more of a subjective mm-hmm. thing because you know, I, I, I jump between operating systems. I, I use you know Windows, iOS, and iOS. Um. I used to use Macs. Um. But uh, you know that's a lot better for you know art, you know web artists right. or digital artists, from what I understand. I've used uh, Linux, Microsoft, uh, Windows. But um, let's see. And with game design, it's well since we're in this day and age where anybody can mm-hmm. get Game Maker and make a popular video game, like of course mm-hmm. like Undertale or Miami Heat. All the technology is out there. I mean, people uh, back in the day, game design and game creation was a lot more intimidating. The concept of programming seemed like a difficult concept for a lot of people, or just it just seems intimidating I know. itself. I mean, just saying programming. Really, it's just tell, telling computer, just telling computer a bunch of logic or a bunch of instructions. But nowadays, with technology, you know, becoming more simplified, anybody can just drag and drop something and make a hit video game. And if they don't know how, there's communities out there willing to support the little guy. So, with you and your work, do you guys do yeah. a lot of Kickstarters or GoFundMe pages, stuff like that, to gain funds for your games? Um, no, uh, no, not okay. yet. Our projects are quite small. My past five games were all just done by, uh, just done by me, a budget of, uh, I don't know, <laughs> of a regular per. 
but they were, but these but my games were all done through passion, so it was more like all these were labor of love for me, so I never really considered how much it cost. Mm-hmm. I just wanted these games made because you know the, most of these games were just uh, simple representations or fundamental right. stuff I enjoyed in video gaming when I was younger. So like um, Super Ultra Star Shooter was a shoot 'em up game that was heavily inspired by Galaga and games of the, of the kind, and most of the influence was based on my little brother. It was also his birthday gift at the time. Where like the main character is a green cat that if anyone cares, you type in the code D A B D A B. He does a popular <laughs> pose that I'm not going to say on, on, on this podcast. <laughs> Right, you hit down A B, down A B, the character will do something. <laughs> Buy the game and find that out. That's super right. awesome. But yeah, but uh, I'm sorry. Where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, funding. Um, that's the thing is, money. Hel- oh, money helps if you want to get more professional mm-hmm. people. But right, really, but without, but usually that's. I always seen like uh, people who need for you know assets like music or art, music or uh, music, art, what have you. But you know, just for the game itself, that's uh, that. There's so many things out there to help. There's so many things out there already that can help. Uh, uh, they can already get your game out there, or at least the concept of your game working. Okay. So technology has come. Technology has came a long way from just just to write out code, just to have the system say "Hello World." Now we can, you know, anybody can make a quick be looking FPS and hopefully somebody on YouTube will play it for them and uh, do a Let's Play. Yeah, Shadow Archer looks really good. Um, I am going to ask you a question. On which platform do you see sure. more revenue from? I know a lot of people say that iOS does really well in sales, but I know that oh. you guys are also on Nintendo platforms as well. Yes. Um, um, just to be fair, like, it's, usually it's fluctuating, um, for, from a business perspective. Usually I'm kind of just doing Nintendo things, because, honestly, that's more like a childhood dream, just making a Nintendo platform. I, I platform totally understand, yes. This, <laughs> this, yes. And the Nintendo, and the Nintendo Switch is mm-hmm. doing really well, um, but, like, it depends on the market you're going after, like, the, like, iOS, Android, the, most, yeah, the, the mobile game crowd, that's where a lot of money comes in, because I've seen, like, how the mobile market is more like this generation's right. arcade, you know, where people like it's a game as a service. You know, back then you just want to play a game, you pop in mm-hmm. twenty five cents, you play till you lose. Now it's with mobile yeah. games, it's you play. Oh, time's up. You can you can play right. more if you Micro pay a little bit, or you wait a couple out. Yeah, you can and you kind of wait till you play again. But yeah, that's for a lucrative standpoint. I'm saying mobile games, but the problem with the mobile with totally the mobile industry is oversaturated. Yeah, you know how like Atari Twenty Six Hundred, where there there was no quality control. They just anybody can make make a game for Atari Twenty Six Hundred to the point we had the crash of nineteen eighty two. I mostly blame ET and Pac Man <laughs> for that, but that's a different story for a different time. Yeah, but um, yeah, mobile industry. It, people say mobile industry is profitable, but that's from a casual standpoint. I mean, uh, it's also a popularity mm-hmm. contest because Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go is doing super well because Pokemon. Right. Yes, everybody knows mm-hmm. what that is. The recent old game I played, currently playing, if no one's, lo- if no one's noticing, is Fire uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. All, their, all the uh, games that have been coming out lately have been really good. I love their early stuff, so I could, yeah, it's good. For mobile games, I mean, the last overly, you know, indie mobile yeah. game was was it Flappy Bird? I believe that was like, <laughs> oh my god, oh god, I remember yeah, that. I think, and I think that the, what con- Which is, what constituted that was because a Let's Player played it and well, made, yeah, it made it more popular. Yeah, than it the guy been. took it off the market because he was getting way too much money from the ads. No, he was getting like death threats yeah. and stuff. Like people were saying they were going to kill him for just him making the video game. It was super crazy. I felt bad for the dude. 
No, it's really funny though. Embedded in mm-hmm. the Android operating system is a version of Flappy Bird. That's too funny. I did not know that. (laughs) On on the last bit of how tech can help, what technology do you use every time? Like, what technology is the best whenever you do your programming and game design? Oh, you mean, like, uh, by technology, you mean, like, uh, uh, like the engines. Oh, yeah, um, for, uh, let me see, I've been jumping around stuff. Uh, there's some stuff I can't say due to NDA. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's, we understand that. Yeah. yeah, but let me see. For anybody that wants right. to get started, for anybody that can start it, there's Game Maker. Uh, Game Maker. There's literally no... Well, I mean, there's programming. You, can, you can even want to extend it, but if you just want to make a simple mm-hmm. game and get your feet wet, Game Maker. Unity is the most popular one. A lot of any game okay. co- games are made in Unity. I suggest learning that. I mean, you can just download assets and modify them to become... Customize them until it becomes your own game. Or learn just learn programming like C sharp and utilize right. that as well. Um, there's the like if the more ambitious you are, you can. There's always game engines out there, or you can just learn to program yourself. I've heard I've heard game like ma- makers um, actually yeah. easy to use, easy in a relative term. Oh, but yeah, yes, it's it's, it's, yes. Us- it's really user friendly. I mean, I mean once you once you learn how to make a square to jump, I mean you're all you're, you're, the war is your oyster. But that wraps it up, guys. We're going to go into the female perspective. Girl power! So for female perspective, uh, we're going to be talking about female game indie makers. I only listed a couple because we are covering so much in this episode. I didn't want it to be overwhelming. <laughs> um, so for our first one, I love this just because of John. It's Red Shirt, and it's made by Me Too Kindaker. I'm probably butchering this name, but it's a K-H-A-N-D-A-K-E-R. She actually has a PhD. It's awesome. But the game is based on the idea, what if Star Trek had Facebook? Point of game is to build social ranking on Spacebook. The whole point of the game is to socially climb on Spacebook. And that's pretty much the whole purpose of the video game. But I loved it because I know for it with John, he always cosplays as like red shirt, the forgotten shirt, and he loves Star Trek. And so I definitely put that in there for him. The next one is gone home. I personally have played this and, you know, power to my sisters. I love you. I respect everything that you do. I hated this video game. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was it was a free video game that was on Xbox Xbox Live Gold. Um it's it, so the co-creator and writer was an artist as well. She did all those things. Was Carla Zimonja, Z I M O N J A first personal survival horror some love it and some hate it it's like people are so divided over this video game and it's true you play to unfold the story about a girl in the 1990s it's really cute how it's like a throwback and like you go in the girl's room and you're like oh stuff in the 1990s the whole game you think that something bad is gonna happen and i'm not gonna tell you any spoilers or anything but it was a total letdown (laughs) it was it it was it was very suspenseful and the game was progressing well and you're like wow the ending's going to be great and i just felt like i was wanting more so you're just left 
wanting. I'm wanting. I I want to go home after this. I've gone home and I want to go back to my other home. Like that's it was it was not a good game in my opinion. Have you guys played I any of those? I really games? want to play the red shirt one, but it reminds me too much of an episode from the Orville. Oh wow! Do we still have Jay on here? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Am I, yeah, I'm here. Okay, no, no. I was just like really quiet. I'm like, oh my god, did we lose him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was actually looking at red shirt. Uh, red shirt. That's a uh, red shirt. Looks interesting, right? I thought John would love it. It's right up mm. his alley. Facebook and Star Trek combined what? <laughs> wouldn't be up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> but for the last video game that we have, I I was super stoked when I started reading about this. I actually, want to go and try to buy it on whatever platform it's on. It's actually called Blackwell's Assignment. And the director is Claudia Bill Strayed, S-T-R-A-E-D-E. The game itself was only created in six weeks, which is amazing, right? It's based on the experience of journalist Nellie Bly, who in 1887 faked insanity to infiltrate the women's lunatic asylum on Blackwell's Island in New York City, East River. Uh, You take role of Bly herself, who's trying to escape the asylum and its doctors and the sedatives. So I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this reporter, but she's a badass boss ass bitch. Okay, so she's a she's a woman, right? World is already tough as it is. So she she starts hearing all these messed up stories of how there's like rape and there's abuse and all these women are not being taken care of. And back in the day, they didn't have like safety standards and people go check up on people in these loony bins, right? You just send them off and then you pretend that they died or they never existed. That's what they did back in the day. So this lady, she's a journalist, right? She's a woman. She's like, I'm going to go see what is going on. It's going to make a great story. She goes and commits herself. So the problem is, is that she tries to uncommit herself because she's like, I got enough info. This place is shady as fuck. It's going down here. Like, I'm about to I'm about to get murdered up in here. Right. She tries to uncommit herself and they won't let her leave. She gets people come in from outside friends, family, because she let people know what she's doing. They're trying to get her out. They say, no, she's crazy. You can't let her out. We're, we're treating her for her illness. And they're going, no, she's she did this for an editorial. No, 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 no. She, she's crazy. She needs to stay here. And I mean, it's crazy. It, it's a true right. story, too. And so John and I were both super excited when we right. started reading about this. We're like, we totally need to buy this video game. Right, especially with the treatments they had back then, which was electroshock therapy. Yes. No, I'm, I'm saying, like, back in the day, there was no regulation for this stuff. Like, people sent... No social services or anything. Right. People sent people to go away. I mean, it sounds rough and it sounds mean, but that that's what they did. People didn't know how to treat mental illness back in the day. We didn't have the drugs and pharmaceuticals and therapy that we have today. We had nothing. We didn't know anything. No. Uh, but Jay, have you heard of this game? No, but it, I should look more into this. It sounds really interesting. It sounds super interesting. I just, I think I find it so interesting because I've read articles about her because it's just mind-boggling. You know, I mean, someone going in to a place to, to do research and then getting stuck there. That's, a, that's like a nightmare. It is. It was really a nightmare. And whenever you see the visuals of this game, she's constantly on sedatives, right? And so she's trying to escape. And while she's on these sedatives and drugs, she's seeing these things that she's not really seeing. Her vision is becoming blurry because of all the drugs that she's on. And it's this total, you know, funky, psychedelic visual while trying to escape this horror that she's going through. 
It's hard. It's hardcore, y'all. I do want to play this. <laughs> I really want to play it. I want to see Crazy. what platform it's on. Um, I didn't do, I guess I didn't do enough research to see what platform it's on. <laughs> but we definitely need to check it out. I, you know what? I'm not a huge PC gamer just because I like the feeling of a controller better than a keyboard and a mouse. Just my personal preference. I would totally play it on the PC, PC man. Well, that's, how, that's how much I'm into well, this. you can get totally like a Bluetooth controller and you can also yeah, take it yeah, yeah. and you know, make your macros. Too much. too much. You're saying go and buy something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or, or you can hook up your Xbox controller. Those are USB compatible. <laughs> but that is it, guys. <laughs> that is our episode. Now, don't forget, we are on iTunes. We are on SoundCloud. We are on iHeartRadio under Dogfin Radio still. We are on Google Play. We are on every major podcatcher out there. You can always find us at everything is at Raging Nerds, all one word. You can find me on all social media accounts at Thirsty Erica. You can find John at Dogfin Studios on Twitter and Facebook. And you can also email me at dogfinstudios at gmail.com. And you can email me at thirsty at ragingnerds.com as well. Jay, would you like to plug in any social media accounts or any places to go check out some video games that are new? Um, okay, well, um, I, you can check out my studio at on Facebook at Ultra Dolphin Revolution. On Twitter, it's Alt Doll Rev, just like the first three letters of each word. And my website, ultradolphinrevolution.com, but the site's terrible. Don't go there. <laughs> oh, I can pull. <laughs> Websites are oh, just oh, placeholders, guys. <laughs> oh, speaking of placeholders, I have announced a new game recently for Nintendo 3DS and 2DS awesome. called The Goddess of the Demon Empire. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a completely original game that makes fun of a movie based on a video game. So it's a game based on a movie based Inception. on a game. I can't tell you what the movie is for... I can't tell you the movie is for legal reasons. So we'll just wait for it to drop. That's great. That's great. But yeah, guys, check out his studio. Shadow Archer is an amazing game. It has amazing ratings, too. Check them out. They're on a lot of platforms. We're so glad that we had you on the show today, Jay. Thanks. It was an honor. I get to talk. I get to talk. Usually I just code and hide behind, <laughs> behind pixels. Well, thanks, guys. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>